0: It's Dr. Tennant's Verbal Highs, let's start the show. With Lewis Tennant, here we go. Guests and interviews that you're looking for with creators, innovators, and so much more. For all episodes and further info, VerbalHighs.com is the place to go. Welcome to Dr. Tennant's Verbal Highs, a podcast podcasted From a bubble uh, In Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, New Zealand My name is Lewis From a bubble (laughs) I'm the host of the show And um, yeah, New Zealand um, Gone back into lockdown bro Back into lockdown bro Um, Which is Unfortunate Um, I was just speaking to uh, Someone last week From Melbourne Named Fiona Bourne, who's my guest today And I Reflected when I finished that conversation about um, how much of a struggle it must have been for everyone in cities such as Melbourne that have been in lockdown for so long and particularly at home, obviously, because Fiona's an old friend and I lived in Melbourne for quite a number of years and I have a crew of kind of like uh, long-term besties over there. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so if it's irony here we are in lockdown I could I mean I could professionally potter I've got no problem with pottering in fact pottering and um, you know constructive pottering and combined with kind of existential angst about what I should be doing based on deriving an income in this society as we understand it is what causes me existential angst if uh, if I could just if I could just constructively potter without the constructs of um, things and stuff that you have to do through work. I think I could probably do this forever. I might need a hamster wheel out the back as I'm in an apartment, and um, uh, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to not be airlifted out of here one day, covered in, um, <laughs> in melted chocolate. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. Otherwise, like um, I think I could do lockdown okay if it wasn't for the existential angst of um, holding on to things like income coming in and and, uh, those kind of obligations. That's probably not true. I'm rambling um, because we're in lockdown again. Let's not dwell on that. It was lovely chatting to Fee. I think what she's done is quite remarkable. So it's sort of a two pronged uh, reasoning for approaching her about this. A, we haven't, we kind of lost contact. But again, one of those people I consider once we're in the room together, even though it was via Zoom, it kind of feels like where we, where we left off. And the intro and, and Fee's reaction to seeing me pa- pa- pays tribute to that. Um, so yeah, lovely in that regard to reconnect. But the second one is what she's done is quite remarkable, which is build from scratch and by hand a very large sound system in the Jamaican reggae tradition Um, huge amount of bass scoops and mids and high speakers and amps and so on and uh, combine those with a knowledge of how to operate it, make it sound sweet wherever you are and some great records and you're away people literally um, feeling music, you can Look at the pic I posted for this episode for an idea of uh, what she's built for those not familiar. And also, I did an article on reggae sound systems in New Zealand for audio culture. So if you're new to it, or actually um, not new to it, but interested about reading about the history of uh, such the scene in New Zealand, it is something like the rise of sound systems in Aotearoa. On audio culture a combination of those words will bring up that article i wrote way back in 2013 but as it's historical it's um it's evergreen it's evergreen in terms of the context fee's not uh, in new zealand she's from new zealand she's from palmerston north and we chat about that chat about coming on up chat about a bunch of stuff she's lived in melbourne and that's where we met um 20 far out 20 years ago 20 years ago that's crazy doesn't seem like 20 years ago Time gets quicker, I'm going to be dead soon um, We talked about both getting to Australia on the smell of an oily rag uh, Lockdown as I spoke uh, Her being a Kiwi who is li- been living in Australia for all that period of time Existing within their economy um, Working for a wage, you know, never drawn a benefit, etc, etc, etc But because she got over there after February 26, I think it is 2001 And I got there on January 6, 2001 uh, she qualified for no uh, financial help from the government over lockdown, which I find quite quite baffling. Um, but um, but she's done it. I, 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 um, I find it baffling, you know, broadly, not particularly to do with, with the fee situation, but that that's the situation for New Zealanders there, and kind of more um, shows you how bizarre kind of rules and laws are sometimes. I did some reading today, and, and my understanding is that even though I've left there in two thousand and seven. If I were to go back tomorrow, I still qualify for the pre-January or February 26, 2001 benefits, which is I could go over there um, and, for example, go on the rock and roll. Go surfing in Queensland, mate. Get loose. Get loose, mate. Um, No one's getting loose. I was thinking about the big day out today. Good memory of the past. Getting loose. A big day out. What a concept for an event in these modern times. The big day out. Even just a day out. Just a day in, a little day in. Maybe there's a Zoom version of the big day out that could come. Um, we talked about uh, her Wunderlust uh, working for Crown Casino, not really realizing what it was back in the day, when so she turned up. And. Um, What's kind of been exposed there in Melbourne That was kind of always apparent But has been exposed now uh, Talked about pressing dub plates We talked about operating a sound system I feel like I should get out of your way And uh, before I do that Don't forget free fm They're Our lovely sponsors Access Radio Based out of the mighty Waikato Uh, In specific, Hamilton, they're doing some great stuff over lockdown Um, Part of Access Radio is serving uh, particular communities Often ethnic, special interests and so on and so on So if you have a look on their website for their on-demand content You can see um, and ideally listen um, to some of uh, that lovely audio gear they have on offer Please like my show, leave a message, subscribe, and or share on one of the mol- 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 one of the more of the following services. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to keep this intro. Uh, verbal highs on Twitter, verbal highs podcast on Facebook, verbal highs on Apple and Google Podcasts. You can also stream via Spotify or iHeart Radio. I just give it away. I give it away to all these huge corporations. It's like the Sex Pistols 2021 version. Um, but it all beams out from my own little corner of the internet, my own little piece of real estate, uh, verbalhighs.com. And there you can find the New Zealand podcast directory as well, where I'm trying to log as many New Zealand-based, themed or featured uh, episodes and series as possible. Take it away, Ms. V. This is Dr. Janice Verbal Highs. Um, There's a
1: friendly face.
0: Thank you. Kia ora. <laughs>
1: <I'll
0: pull it. laughs> Kia ora from Aotearoa. Okay um you sound great because the reason i say that is yesterday um i've been a bit slack with these for a while and i recorded another zoom um chat and it sounded way more like when they don't sound that great you know when there's all that have you done many, many of these with the uh
1: i've done a few yeah like when it sounds a little distorted
0: yeah and when you i don't know if you listen to podcasts at all but it's sort of like a bad phone call for an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard some of those, yeah.
0: <laughs> How come your setup's so flash?
1: Oh, you know, it helps to have a hubby who's uh, in the um, audio tech game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this I've got this set up anyway because we've been in lockdown for so many, t- you know, like so often that sometimes I have to record my radio show from home Um so, you know, I've just sort of got yeah. this mic set up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a standard here.
0: <laughs> so I was going to yeah. ask, like, because I am, um, by the way, we're just straight into it. Um, oh, cool, cool. I was going to ask that because about a year ago, it didn't really feel like anyone wanted to hear about lockdown on podcasts. But for you guys, I think it's at a point where it's sort of dawned on me more recently, like, I hate to say it, how sweet we've got it here, but... Um, oh, I know. But more, that, but more more, to your end, like, a brief rundown from when this first all went down. Like, how's, how's life been? You've been at home more than anywhere else?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking um, to Adrian about it today, trying to sort of think about how much time we've spent in lockdown, <laughs> you know, compared to actually being out um, in the real world, and it's just been nuts. It, you know, even when we haven't been in lockdown, uh, we've been under pretty heavy restrictions, so it's yeah. felt like it's felt like the last two years have been just, you know, constant lockdown, to be quite honest. Um, and when we have come out of lockdowns, you know, you try to just get on with your life and, um, you know, not complain too much, but, you know, I've tried to do the amount of times I've had to postpone gigs, reschedule. Yeah, yeah you know, cancel flights, you might try to just go for that short drive out of town and you can't do that.
0: <laughs> Did you have a, you had, you had a main gig, like a job when this all went down, right, so you got, you guys get government assistance and stuff?
1: Oh, uh, it's actually quite hard for Kiwis living in Oz to oh, get still? So, yeah, it's, um... So, But for me um, personally, I finished working in education at the end of last year, so yeah. I was actually made redundant. Um, so worst possible time to be moving out of the job that I've been doing for the last 10 years in the education sector. I finished study, um, just be, finished two years of study and looking to move into a different um you know, different area of realm work, and, yeah, 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 ex- exactly. And so, worst possible timing. So, actually, you know, I just I've always got that mentality when one door closes, another opens. So, um, I I just sort of took that as a, you know, what I'm going to slow down and uh, you know, just try to focus on planning, you know, music wise. And you know, I've never been able to actually just.
0: You know, not build a, a sound system from scratch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, lockdown did come in yeah, handy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie. I've managed to build a sound system, so that's something good that came out but of it. We
0: I mean, we won't dwell on sort of the, the bummer end of it, but I'm kind of genuinely yeah. interested in that. Like, so you've had to kind of hold it down with kind of not no um, support because you're a Kiwi in Melbourne financially.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, right. yeah. Fee,
0: that's a long time <laughs> to be doing that.
1: And you know, I've had the odd gig and um, yeah. things po- work popping up. You know, like I'm I'm pretty self sufficient in that way that, um, you know, I do find the odd bit of work here and there. Um, you know, music, so it's not all you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Bad news. I've definitely been keeping busy. Um, but you know, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people struggling out there. I know that you know, Kiwis have been returning home by you know in the masses.
0: So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, did that cross you? I mean, you're too, you've, you've kind of, you're too set up there now, eh? Like, I see that that would be, not a move backwards, but, but you, you just, you've entrenched yourself in so many places there, it would be kind of odd moving back now, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, you know, Melbourne is definitely my base. Um, I've, you know, the 20 years plus that I've been here, well, I moved here 2001. Yeah. You know, the whole 20 years I've been over here, uh, you know, I've thought, about, you know, the day I moved back home Because that's definitely on the cards um, And I think about it a lot And I've been thinking about it more lately To be quite honest um, But it is, yeah, it's a big decision, you know Because, yeah, like you say I've, um, I've set myself up quite well here you know work's been going great you know the music's been going great so it's just a matter of you know for me finding the right time I think. Um, So how
0: many like if there was no lockdown no coronavirus like mm. the year had been like usual like let's just say the last few years like how like how often do you were you gigging like more than once a week or?
1: Uh, Well before corona? Yeah. uh, Pretty you know fairly regularly I'd say like um, you know the But the last two years were a bit different because I, you know, had quite a full on job, um, was working in a coordinator role, was studying, you know, so I literally the last two years I had no days off except for Sunday, which I was still using to study. Yeah. Um, You know, I had loads of stuff going on. But, you know, I think we were aiming to, you know, do, you know, one big gig a month at least. um, And, you know, just.
0: uh, Or putting on your own parties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, like I definitely there was a time I was DJing full time, um, but that was probably going back more when I was working in hospitality, and you know, I could do it with my eyes. Oh, well, closed. I, know, I
0: remember. Like I'm trying to think how often you were playing when when I lived there, but I remember a yeah. point. When I was with Zoe, because I remember saying it to her, Mm -hmm. like, not that it was ever, like, a bummer, like, going to work in the coal mines, but I remember (laughs) when I was doing, like, at one point, like, four gigs a week, and I said, I'm off to work, and just the way I said it was kind of (laughs) like, you know, hang on a minute.
1: Um, I often say that, you know, yes. We work
0: with green chartreuse shots. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Honestly, I don't know how we used to do it, but me and Yaz laugh about it all the time. She's like my music partner in crime. Um, But, you know, we used to just, it was like business as usual. I could, you know, I was at the point I was playing Thursday through to Sunday, and that might be two or three gigs in one night. This this was around the time you were living in Oz, but um, yeah. You know, and then we'd finish up some ridiculous hour, and then you know, off to work we went. I th- <laughs> you know,
0: I, that oh, be- right, really, right through. I am um, one of the sweetest ones I had in hindsight, and I wish it had kind of grown. I don't know if you remember me doing this, but I assume that Big Mouth is still there in St Kilda. It's been there forever. That cafe on the corner, or it's I like think? a cafe bar owned by the people that I used know. to own the lounge. Mm. I had a Sunday afternoon there, and they they they. They'd pay me to play from, like, oh, I can't remember. Might have been, like, 2, 3 in the afternoon till whenever it shut. Um, yeah, good health center. Do so you think the coming back thing is, like, is that a getting... Because oh, I can't speak for you, but mm. I, not so much when I moved back, but... Since I've been back And I've got older For me like The pull of um, Kind of key family members And stuff Is a reason Is it whānau for you Or is it just oh. New Zealand in general Because <laughs> yeah. like, again I'm not speaking for you Fee but You know mm. one, Something someone said to me That I kind of You know I kind of Heard a ring to it Is like Your 20s are kind of like Trying to get away From your family <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No offence to our families Listening <laughs> That's pretty common But then as you get older That changes Is that fair it's, Yeah
1: exactly <laughs> And you know For me A little girl growing up In um, you know humble beginnings in Palmerston north, yeah. you know like i 've always said to people it 's not safe to stay uh, stay after the age of eighteen, like you know you need yeah. to travel and get out of get out of town but um but a hundred percent you know it 's all about family for me, like you know i can 't even believe i 've spent twenty years away from them to be quite honest but it is that whole thing of spreading your wings and you know yeah. um living your life but um it's it's hasn't been easy I, I you know but luckily new zealand's like you know 3 hours away 4 hours away so I, definitely i'm back, going back every year well not the last few years but yeah um you know uh for me it is probably maintaining my roots going back home and um you know i do have quite a big sort of longing to get back to be with family again
0: well they are getting too deep i also wonder like um another thing i've pondered in the last few years is like i don't really have a culture per se i'm just like a white new zealander i wonder whether (laughs) being tangata whenua is part of it as well like there's a stronger pull as well you know
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, my is and Shannon Potu um and I've there's you know so much you miss like in terms of culture and having those traditions and things that you grew up with. That's just yeah. the, ad- the added kind of um, you know uh, it definitely compa- you know adds to it. Um, you know, to me wanting to go home again. But I, you know, I do I miss all that.
0: Have you noticed since you've been gone? I noticed that, Coming back, I remember the first time I really noticed it was when Māori TV was a thing in New Zealand. But since then, do you notice that Māori culture is just more kind of visible in New Zealand each time you come back? It's something I'm quite proud of to be yeah, honest, you yeah. know, I, I,
1: because, you know, especially you look at the comparison, you know, New Zealand and Australia, like Australia is a rich uh, culture, but, you know, they are far from where we are in, in New Zealand in yeah. terms of, yeah, celebrating that. So, um and I think I go back home and it's the little things to me. You know, you might go to the library, there's a sign in Māori and a sign in English. And, yeah. um, you, know, and you know, I think for me, um, you know, on my mum's side, um, being Māori, um, you know, it's that connection to the land as well. And um, So is your
0: iwi from around Pāmi area or a different part of or, New Zealand? Yeah, or, or what's, tahi, your, what's your iwi? A yeah, lot of went to okay what what were your folks doing for you to grow up in Palmy like
1: my, my mother um, was working as a nurse for you know most of her career so um, I think it was the fact that she ended up working at Palmerston North Hospital yeah um, don't quote me on that but I know that definitely growing up um, I I was living with my um, you know grandmother a, a lot you know, when we were young, um, just while mum and dad were working. My dad was a carpenter. Yeah, mum was a nurse. So I think that's sort of how we ended up um, in Pāmi. Pāmi is an interesting
0: place for me because, like, um, I thought about it with another mutual friend of ours, um, Josh, being from Whanganui. Like, there's not many places in New Zealand that are inland. (laughs) It's just interesting spots, like, Most people grow up in New Zealand quite coastal. I don't know where I'm going with this, but there's something in those towns that are, like, in the middle. There ain't many of them, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean,
1: (laughs) I I think, you know, even it was a small town, um, but, yeah, uh, I'd say, I mean, I've got family all up um, the North Island between Wellington all the way up to Auckland, you know, so Kami was kind of nice middle town. Middle area I guess um, You know I could always Head up to Wellington um, In my later teens If we wanted to do anything um, But you know Well there's not much To do in Palmy to be honest It is yeah it is,
0: curious. <laughs> it is curious. Let's spend the next hour On Palmerston North um, it, is curi- it is curious Because um, uh, The thing you said about You need to kind of Get out and spread your wings And stuff And I, you know, I don't knock people Who make different choices Some people just want To settle down have a lot of kids straight away, great, but it does buzz buzz me out when I go back to like the eastern suburbs in Wally where I grew up. And there's people from, you know, my generation who've kind of kinda like clearly never left there, eh? Um it's yeah, th- yeah, different, yeah. you know, different as I say, different strokes for different folks. But I'd imagine when you go back to Palmy and there are those people there, it's like, yes it, it is quite a different mentality staying somewhere like there, right?
1: Yeah. Like absolutely. there. <laughs> And at the same time, it's heartwarming, you know, for me. There's, you know, on one side, I think I'm not, you know, I just, I couldn't do it myself, you know, like I I needed to get out. But um, I I do love being able to go home and knowing that things don't change and seeing those old faces and people who are just, you know, solid solid friends that I've known from high school Uh, you know that's a good flip
0: on it if you went back and everything had changed it would be like it would be quite bummer quite a bummer it'd be like your family home had been torn down or something right
1: yeah what was the plan when
0: you first because you got um I think probably the first flat that you lived in was that share place where we paid that guy in cash every Thursday night (laughs) do you remember that (laughs) he was a nice enough fella. He looked. At, he, oh my god!
1: He looked a bit You're like
0: a Rob, kind of <laughs> Robbie Williams. Um, oh, what
1: a blast from the past! What a
0: blast that's from the past, yeah. On um, some something Street in and Pran. That's um,
1: hilarious. That's right. Near that's the right. Beach. What it, a good
0: deal for me! Really. it was like 120 bucks a week for everything. You use as much power as everything. But you yeah, what? Well, well, I
1: was well, going to well, say. I'm pretty sure it wasn't legal.
0: That place. Nah. Oh, if it'd been like Graham always said, if be, like what he was doing was fair enough. But if there'd been something like a fire there, man, he would oh. have been like front page of the Herald Sun. But it was good That's for it, us. It. Good for us traveling. But I was going to say, when you came over, was it just? Um, oh, here's another adventure. You know, I might be there a month. I might be there two years. I might be there uh, 20 years.
1: Yeah, I definitely felt like when uh, I left New Zealand, like I just felt like everything was a bit too comfortable. I, I I was feeling pretty, you know, privileged and lucky to have the life I had. You know, I can't complain. Like I was, um, you know, back in New Zealand before I came here, sort of in my prime and just living a great life, um, you know had no real worries, but uh, I just felt like I needed something else, you know, and there was more to life. Comfort can be
0: kind of complacency.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and I wanted to get out and see the world. And, you know, because at the time I was developing a huge passion for music, I just, you know, I think travel was um, a big focus of mine, if not to get to the UK, um, at least, you know, head to Melbourne um, and, you know. Um, and the reason I did leave in the end was just because you know an opportunity came up. A friend was
0: was um, that Dwayne?
1: Did you come that's with Dwayne? Right. <laughs> came with Dwayne and his partner at the time. But
0: that's our <laughs> everyone. That's our friend who's been called Tyler for years. And to be honest, he picked he chose his new name well because right. he's definitely uh, a Tyler, not a Dwayne. Because I, I, I remember at school true. there was an anti smoking poster, and it says uh, even your cool Uncle <laughs> Dwayne does it or something, and it's just like. <laughs> But yeah. you were one of the few people I don't know why, whether it was you shit stirring or forgetting, but you were one of the few people who'd still call him Dwayne when everyone else keep calling him Tyler? Was I that a was, was that yeah. a protest or was it bad memory? it, it was a little <laughs> bit, you know, it was
1: a bit of both. I think yeah. I, I just refused to kind of have to give it up because, you know, I knew him as um, Dwayne. so but in the end I think I
0: I think yeah. when he spent I think when he spent six or eight hundred dollars on a pony fur wallet. It's definitely a Tyler not a not a Dwayne. have you seen him around in the last few years? Oh,
1: probably not so much well we've we have bumped into each other. we might have caught up you know maybe a year ago, but you know our lives have just been so busy it's that yeah. awful it's that awful excuse um but yeah, well, I have to say, you know, we haven't caught up as much as we should, but, you know, I don't think either of us hold it against
0: sex. No, no, and that's that thing of once you're in a room together, much like this, it's, well, in a virtual room, it's kind of you pick up where you left off, right? But um yeah. the, I think and there's also getting older and there's um there's uh, also of course coronavirus is another good reason.
1: My uh, at the time in Wellington before I moved over in 2001 I was working in M store living with some relatives um In what and M store? Yeah it's it's a CD replication duplication ah. company um yeah. and that's where I ended up working actually I, um lived in Welly for few years you know I was loving it that was a great job and I met lots of interesting people through that because you know a lot of artists would come to us and come get, to get
0: stuff burned yeah yeah
1: ex- yeah exactly yeah so um I think he thought I was a bit crazy because you know I was there one minute and then the next I said I'm off to Australia who, who,
0: thought, who thought you were crazy
1: Oh my uncle! I think he thought I was running from the law because it was that's just so me too. I'm quite spontaneous in uh, in that respect. That well, you you kind
0: of are, but at the same time, you are really you you kind of put your head down with other things. Like I was thinking about all that time because you must have been following this um, Crown Casino falling apart, right?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know. Like,
0: um, you worked there for ages, right? And it's kind of like, mm. it's kind of like, the reggae terminology, it's kind of like working in Babylon, oh, Babylon. right?
1: Babylon, <laughs> exactly. And you were oh, in
0: yeah. the high rollers room, right? You weren't. You, yeah. weren't, you, you weren't a croupier. You, you were um, no. for f- food and beverage service. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, you're, 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 you're like, you, you know what's up. Like, did, did was it a sketchy place to work? Oh, 100%,
1: yeah. you know. There's, you know, like you sort of, I guess, turn a bit of a blind eye to, you know, you know it's not in your face, but yeah. you definitely know. that there has got a seediness to it that, you it's know... It's like um, highlight
0: big crim vibe, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I sort of really um, despise that place with every fibre in my bones, to be honest. But um, I've been working in hospitality and that just happened to, you know... Um, Provide me with the stability I needed in the first year I got here. Um, you know, always had the hours, so I sort of, that you know. But you
0: were there longer than that, right? You were there uh, quite a few years.
1: I'd say seven.
0: Yeah, because I was going to so gonna say I'm saying that as like kudos to you because you mm. kind of did the opposite to what I did which is kind of flit around but you did something that wasn't ideal but as you say it provided you that kind of base but Mm. I remember I think it was when I was still there that you said you're in the high roller room and I thought shivers like as if the main floor isn't like a bummer enough I'd imagine that that's like a kind of as I say a bit of a den of well uh, I have to tell you
1: you a funny story because I mean tell me all the
0: high roller room stories
1: Yeah. You know, me being the uh, you know, just like I oh, I was you know, young, not immature but, you know, just a bit like head in the clouds. And when I first moved here and I, you know, the job for Crown uh saw it in the ads and so I thought I'll you know, I'll apply um, got another interview. I had no idea that Crown was a casino.
0: That's, <laughs> That's so <laughs> feedback. Then what did you so, think it was?
1: So far, oh, I didn't. Well, because the, what well, they were offering a food and beverage, like a hospitality traineeship, and I right. thought, you know, this is what I need because I didn't have so much cocktail making experience. So initially, when I'd gone for the interviews and everything, it, you know, it was at this place called Crown College, and you know, all of, I'd only had interviews with people in suits and and. You know, and it was uh, talking about the different areas that they had in their company, uh, working in, um, you know, the restaurant and various areas. And that's where I would do my traineeship. Um, so I had quite a few interviews, probably maybe four. Um, and then when I started, it wasn't until I got the walk around that I, and we went and down onto the, <laughs> the right. main floor. Oh. I, freaked, <laughs> I freaked out. I was like, and I was a bit. And too deep at that point, and I needed a job, so you know, there you go.
0: <laughs> oh right, so like I didn't even realize that. If you'd known at the beginning, you probably wouldn't have worked at a at a casino. Yeah,
1: I'd, yeah. I'd pro- yeah, I'd say I probably would have turned it down, but um, you know, like I said, beggars can't be choosers. I was living, you know, first few weeks when I got to Melbourne, had you know maybe three hundred dollars to my
0: name. I think that's amazing um, that so many of us did that. I think I turned <laughs> up. I turned up from London with like. But when I changed over the last of my pounds, I think I had like two hundred Australian, and then just but someone that, else has landed the week before, and they say, "Do you want to clear glasses here, and someone else is working there and Then I met oh. Marin and like we worked at the Prince of Wales in the band room for a while, and you just get by, you know oh, absolutely. oh to be but young you think, again <laughs> I think um
1: the, the day I got off the plane, I went and handed my resume out to maybe Uh, because I was staying at a hostel on Chapel Street, Um, first thing I did was hand my resume out to about 10 different bars and restaurants, um, and I actually saw another job for, there was a carpenter down the road from the hostel who needed, um, you know, like a handy person to help um, demolish some offices. And... You know, me being a carpenter's daughter and thinking, you know, whatever, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> went, I answered the ad and walked down, and I think he thought it was a bit hilarious, but he entertained me, you know, and said, "Oh, what experience have you got?" And I said, "You mean oh, basically because
0: you know. you're a woman?" <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, "Well, no, he he made a point of saying, well, yeah. you know, I'm not going to discriminate here." Oh, that's what good. What experience have you got? I said, well, not a lot really, but I, you know, I used to help my dad out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, he laughed, and um, I think he could see I probably needed the cash, so he. You know, gave me a hundred dollars wages for the day to just help move um, bricks. You know, into a wheelbarrow and. I mean, how can you the- how
0: can you fuck that up? <laughs>
1: <me>. <laughs> exactly, I think he was quite impressed. You know, yeah, I got the yeah. job done in the day what she wasn't expecting. Yeah.
0: Last yeah, yeah. thing on on like Crown because I watched a couple of things on ABC Four Corners. I've actually found out all their stuff's not geo blocked here on YouTube. Do you know that he built the that packer guy built? uh Okay. Have you heard about this he built a really high-rise casino for uh high rollers in Sydney? Have you heard about this? And oh, it, no, it's I it's think built just... it's built on public land. Like they built it on a park. And now coronavirus has hit and basically um he's kind of done a run up from it all and, and had a breakdown because his next big. Anyway, point of all of that is like it's been interesting reading about it and I hope they um <laughs> kind of get their... Come up as a company, because I didn't realise about all the tax avoidance and all of that, you know? It sounds like it sucks a lot out of Melbourne.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know much about all of that. I was going to
0: say, unlike unlike something like the reggae sound system community, which is kind of the opposite (laughs) of what's going on there, do you remember, um, I distinctly remember this for some reason, like, talking to you about it the night after you went, when I think you went to a chant down or something when we were living in Paran, and... um, because of our, like, slightly prejudiced view of what a Melbourne reggae night would be like, we kind of both dissected and were quite surprised about how good you said it was. Because I'd been to some quite cheesy ones um, before that. Yeah, But right, But, but yeah. the point of that is, is um, you can tell me otherwise because you're the expert, is, like, I think we arrived at a good point in time for that music to grow in Melbourne. Would you agree with that? That, this, that, that it's kind of a lot bigger and stronger now than it was then?
1: Oh, definitely. I think, because you're talking about 2001, aren't you? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. just
0: vaguely that first, that that year, yeah. that moving on to the Croft and stuff, but that initial first time that I'd been out and worked a shift, I just I just seem to remember that you'd gone to a reggae night and kind of told me all about it. Yeah, so yeah, mm. 2001
1: two. I think I might have gone out with Aaron actually, and I, to be honest, I was, I was really blown away. That was the more fire nights, which, yeah, they started around 2001, um, and yeah. It blew me away, actually. I didn't realise that, you know, how, um, you know, what kind of, you know, well, coming from New Zealand, I was didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. But also
0: because you got your ears open, well, this is me, again, this is my perspective, like, in general, um, not saying it's worse or better, um, the Australian kind of, like, broader dance music sound at the time was really different to New Zealand, you know, kind of mm. a different, different, on and off beat a whole bunch of things and um yeah so it was just uh from what i saw a kind of uh uh, uh not just jamaican but i think even kind of a bunch of kiwis that moved over and stuff sort of influence as well maybe that's my from my rose-tinted glasses perspective <laughs> um yeah so from there do you bring vinyl over i can't remember i don't think you actually did you bring a bag of tunes with you from new zealand
1: I'm not sure if I did on the first um, trip. I might have, but I know definitely after I got settled in Melbourne, uh, every year I made a trip home and I would bring back as much as possible from my collection. Yeah. um, You know, and so after (laughs) 20 years, my whole collection is here.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? You had to bring over that much?
1: There's still... um, I'd say in the first five years, yeah, it was just multiple trips. You know, whenever I went home, I'd bring more back, fill out my suitcase. But I've I've still got a few crates at my sister's that my sister's sort of wanting me to.
0: My God, how many records did you buy before you left New Zealand? Did you have like crates and crates and crates?
1: Uh, You know, I I had a pretty big collection, like maybe not as big as some, but definitely. um, Had a small carry-on bag. (laughs) All I know is that, you know, my wage back in Wellington, I I was paying my rent and every single cent was going on vinyl once a week.
0: (laughs) And so I looked through like um, some of your gallery photos just thinking about chatting to you today and I noticed a lot of the photos of you playing, there's still seven inches on the decks, but. I have heard from a bunch of people that the Jamaicans are making a lot more kind of MP3 and wave-based stuff now, and Serato and so on. Like, are you still buying yeah, a yeah. lot of sevens? Are they finding are they becoming harder to come across pressings?
1: It's it's really hard to find good music on vinyl in yeah. Australia. So um, these days, I predominantly order online. You know, from waggies um, places in the UK or other online stores. Um, and it has to be pretty special for me to buy it on vinyl, to be honest. Otherwise, I've, you know, I've kind of ventured out into, um, you know, I'll collect um, MP3s, and I used to have Serato, and, um, you know, for me it was important to, I think, sort of make sure that I was just, you know, up my game, and on top of being able to, um, play all forms formats you know not just final because that's where we hit, you know where we are now well, this does that's-
0: meaning is like you know you're saying you're ordering stuff but my understanding is like say there's a rhythm that drops in Jamaica mm. 10 different people do a version of it it's not going to come out on 10 7s like when we're buying them from Jesse right yeah, if you want to play right. that yep. stuff you've got to play it digitally right yeah yeah
1: yeah so and that's how I tend to sort of try to keep up with new things coming out. I'll look online, um, you know, maybe download stuff. But um, you know, I still for me, I'm a vinyl, avid vinyl collector at yeah. heart. So I'll be looking for those special pieces that I can add to my collection.
0: Have you done the comparison where you um, play uh, even a really good wave versus a well pressed seven on your? gigantic sound system can you hear the difference (laughs) because when you're dealing with drivers and speakers like that is there a difference
1: yeah i think um you know vinyl is always the preferred option on a sound system for sure yeah but you know if you if you're gonna go waves like you know waves the next specs thing um you know you you just got to make sure that you're playing good quality stuff if you are playing mp3s i guess and again like i say um you can't really avoid it these days, like you know, a lot of people playing controllers nah. and that sort of thing. And if we're doing, um, that's right, and uh, it's the
0: vessel. It's the vessel for tunes. So if the if the music that you want on a particular format, you can't really go. I'm only going to play this format if it means you're missing out on exactly, a whole on a yeah. whole area of kind of what you can do.
1: And you know, I still collect uh, plates from time to time. So if I, uh, I try to get mine pressed on on to record, um, but often I might have to play it off a USB, you know. So, so how does
0: that work for our less nerdy slash reggae-inclined listeners? Um, <laughs> a dub plate for everyone is um, when a, a sound system or a crew kind of gets a vocal cut about that crew, correct? Yeah. And right. so do you have preferred people that you pay to play around the world or how does it work over the years? Like,
1: um, Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know... Uh, I've got a lot of friends, especially overseas, who just, you know, get double plates cut all the time, but... Uh, for me, it's always been when I get to meet an artist in person, that's when um, I love to get in the studio and voice them and, uh, you know, I'll choose handpick a tune that of theirs that I love and, um, you know, get them to do a special. So ask them to record um, that tune, re-record that tune, but um, it will have the name of my sound. Housewives Choice. That's right, you know.
0: <laughs> and, and I like um, your version because I realised when I said mine, it wasn't what I meant at all. Mine was quite cynical, like you kind of send cash in an envelope and some <laughs> some random sends you back, which happens. Like let's face it, that happens. But what you've described is a, a much more the process that it kind of kind of makes sense that they're they, they're actually linked to that and they kind of want to do it and you're there kind of you're directing it in some way towards what you want.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if um, if, I am, if I can't be there, I always try to go through a trusted source. You know, if someone I know is going to Jamaica or, you know, that they're in the studio in person and that that artist gets a good sense of who I'm about and, you know, what I'm, you know, what I want.
0: Have you made it over there? Yes. Like, it's amazing. Like, I was talking, like, had Danny, I don't know if, if you've listened to any of these Fee, there's so much media out there, but I did one with Danny Lemon. Oh no, I haven't listened have to, listen to Okay. Someone who's um you might listen to one now if you want to hear back this yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, someone like that who's uh we you know, goes without saying who Danny is Rigo wise. He's not been to Jamaica. I had um do you remember Jazz who did the Wednesday night jam? Do you remember Jazz anyway, I had oh, a guy yeah, who did the Wednesday yeah, night yeah, jam for ages in yeah. the nineties, worked at Flipside did. as their hip hop guy never been to New York, you know? Yeah. Uh, have you I- you haven't been to Jamaica, right?
1: I can't, you know, to this day I can't believe it, but I know that, um, you know, when Yaz and I sort of met around 2004, she's the other half of Housewife's Choice, um, but uh, we always planned to go to Jamaica, and I know that, uh, you know, during that time when Jesse I was traveling over there regularly um, and taking PBS members over, there was, um, he, oh, I can't remember what it was called actually. But, um, yeah, I saw always, he was
0: doing some sort of, like, great, he was doing the tour leader, like the reggae tour. Yeah, 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 yeah
1: exactly. Yeah. And um, we always planned to do that together and possibly, uh, you know, either just travel on our own or as part of um, that tour. But uh, it just never, like, synced up, you know. It was always when I had the time to go, Yaz was busy with work, you know, because we've both had yeah. our careers over here. Yeah, yeah, years yeah, to, yeah. To manage. um, Actually, we're talking
0: like it's not like we're it's not like we're in our eighties and reflecting on the things we haven't done. It's like there's still plenty of time to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. If the
0: world ever opens up again, (laughs) do you remember the night of how your sound system started? Ni- when you oh. left my sound system, <laughs> <laughs> hey! I spent well. ages putting this night on, folks. And <laughs> Fee was on the lineup and had a couple of other people. I thought, yes, this is going to go forward. I was inspired <laughs> by Roots Foundation in Wellington. It was our first night. we had a great night. And then by the end, Fee had bloody started another sound system. <laughs> it's terrible. It left me in a real lurch for the next one. <laughs> but look, who, who who enjoyed in the end?
1: As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I'm always a part of that I'm just, you know, waiting for my Just next waiting for the call, that's
0: right <laughs> Well on the call. gear thing, for about, um, for about 15 years or probably longer I just actually lost the desire To play even for quite a few years mm-hmm. So I didn't really change any of my gear um, But I'm just looking over here I won't bother turning the camera around but I've gone from like zero to like I bought this Pioneer controller that looks like the Starship Enterprise. It's nuts. <laughs> it's like a full, you know, like um,
1: is it full? full sh- channel.
0: Let's see. I'll show you. Like because you know, it was like it's well over Joe. Look at that thing. No, that's the wrong. That's it there. <laughs> this is ah oh, nice. This is visual, yeah. visual medium folks. That thing there. Um, yep. Lost lost one and lost first one in the burglary. But um, I've got insurance now. Get insurance fee. It's my advice.
1: <laughs> I th- actually, we did. We've insured our collections.
0: Um, so how did you meet, this is when we get to your sound system, but um, I was about lockdown, you said, how would you meet Adrian, just at a, at, a, at, a, at a gig?
1: Yeah, so he moved over from the UK in 2011. Yeah. Um, and we met shortly after. So he actually shipped his whole sound system, and for people who don't know, um, Adrian's full. He runs his own sound. Um, but he shipped his whole sound over with him. Um, and so, crazy. yeah, we met shortly after he had moved here. Um, and I think we properly were introduced at uh, a gig I was playing at. It was a pressure drop. Um, and But I think we'd actually first met at maybe a, a basement sessions. I get it's all it was a while ago now, but um, we were properly introduced at a pressure drop and I was playing there and um, that was, you know, the first time we'd properly hung out and, right. you know, I just, I think I remember we just talked for a few hours, you know, it was that kind of like, um, you know, we both were just on the same <laughs> level talking music and everything. Um, and yeah, so that's how we met. Um, so that's a big, the- I
0: mean, like coming over in your early 20s with a 100 bucks or 200 bucks from New Zealand and, you know, carry on luggage, that's very different to coming from all the way over the other side of the world and shipping over your sound system. What was it that drew him to Melbourne first, was there already family here or work well, th- or
1: Yeah, definitely work, I think at the time he had a working, he was working in a lab um, science is sort of his background right. um, and he wasn't enjoying uh, the the work at the time, I think it was where he was working um, and that was the time of the G- GFC what?
0: I don't know, I'm I don't know. terrible with acronyms
1: there were people were losing. Oh, a global jobs. financial
0: crisis. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, uh, yeah, the, people were losing jobs left, right, and centre. And I don't think he kind of realised how severe the situation was at the time. And he left his job, and then he realised he couldn't get work at all. So that. Uh, the fact that his brother was living here, I think, at the time in Brisbane, um, he decided to follow his brother to try yeah. and get work in Australia. And, and yeah, he, I mean, it wasn't an accident that he arrived in Melbourne. You know, he, he did his research. He's uh, yeah. a, a sound system fanatic. And so he knew of how to call hi, hi-fi in Melbourne. And, and that's the reason he chose this city.
0: So, sound systems are an interesting tale, uh, s- uh, concept because um, I wrote quite a few years ago for Audio Culture. Have you seen that New Zealand website, Audio Culture, that has different stories about New Zealand music? Ring a bell? Uh, no, it's all right Again, there's a lot of not. internet out there. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a story for them called The Rise of Sound Systems in Aotearoa. So, it's sort of like from, um, now I'm going to blank. Uh, 12 tribes of israel in auckland you know roots foundation jaffa mafia you know toby now da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and um someone in the article the way the way they um the way they framed it i quoted him too because he, he wanted it he didn't want it on the record was he said that like having calling yourself a sound system but having no actual physical sound system was like something like being a race car driver with no <laughs> racing car or something but Coming up in Wellington and the fact that I think things like the internet have really changed this sort of thing, like there were a bunch of sound systems that as we knew it were kind of collectives of DJs and Mm, often they kind of complement together and example of Roots Foundation, you know, Moo playing freaky stuff later at night, Lemon playing earlier. Um, There's been a real switch in Melbourne, right? There's like, I don't think there were any built systems when we first lived there, right? How many are there now?
1: I think, you know... Uh, Well, I know that, yeah, Harder was definitely, um, you know, the the first one around. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, another sound system that was around before him. Anyway. um,
0: More like, I'm more asking, like, yeah, I mean, I'd say roughly, you probably know exactly how many are there out there kind of publicly playing now.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, since Adrian arrived in 2011, he was probably, you know, the the second or third sound system um, in Australia. And then... Um, well, roughly, and then, um, you know, now you're looking at, God, I think there's maybe, um, 60 across Australia. Wow. 30, maybe up to 30 in Melbourne. I, I'll have, yeah.
0: And are they all, um, kind of in one way or another, kind of Jamaican influenced or based, or are they ones that kind of play like go-a-trance or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: Uh, um, there's definitely a broad spectrum now, you know, um, so there's... Because um,
0: Bushdorf's you know. big in Australia, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, yeah. Um,
1: you know, you've got... I, I don't want to name them because in case I get um, get, get it wrong, but um, there's definitely... You've got your techno, cruise, drum and bass. Yeah. Um, you know, r- lots of reggae sounds out there. Um, you know, there's a, a few that play – well, there's one that plays Cumbia. Um, so, wow, yeah, yeah great. Look, broad spectrum.
0: You guys need a um, someone to start like a street festival kind of Notting Hill style to – no, seriously, like, you know. Well,
1: you know, that's the dream and, you know, I, I laugh, but, um, you know, I have to say that's kind of – we've been doing – Gigs and events, but you know the the aim of the game is to work up to something like that. Even
0: people who don't normally regularly go to things like that, if they're out in public, that's how my love of reggae started. I remember it was um, they used to have this thing called Summer City in Wellington. And it was like free city council gigs, and I remember being like a kid and not. I you mean, know, obviously, you know Bob Marley and stuff, but I just remember watching the bands and the DJs and stuff, and just going, "This is music's just kind of really speaks to me," you know. So with Housewares Choice, before you built the system. The sort of things you don't ask people when you're just hanging out with them day to day. <laughs> How do because it's 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 the two of you, but didn't it used to be three of you to get collectively as the sound system as regular?
1: Yeah, as DJs? at one point, um, you know, because I met yes in two thousand yeah. and four, um, and you know, by default, her cousin Andy. I was
0: her cousin. Yeah,
1: so her cousin Andy used to hang – like, they were inseparable and they used to hang out and, you know, we were going to parties all the time um, and by default we kind of were just like this threesome. And then – so, you know, Yaz and I, um, we started playing together – and, you know, Andy was just always there, you know, she would, she had a car at the time, so she'd drive us to gigs. and we'd like all go Wayne's together. World. <laughs> and, and then she got into, you know, um, she w- loved music as well, you know, equally. And it just, um, it was, you know, it just kind of happened quite organically. And, um, you know, she started buying some vinyl and, you know, it was like, well, you know, why don't you join us? <laughs> but um, you know, she we, we were together probably the three of us, maybe for a good year or so. But um, but it's the, been
0: you two are the are the sound system for the, however many years now. So my so right, my question yeah. is but, like again, it says wouldn't um, think to ask back in the day. You probably you probably even got more of a sense to answer me now. Like I know you'll collectively go one on one or whatever. But what's your different approach? Like how do the two of you come together complementary in the music you play?
1: Yeah, so I think before we built the sound, we were already thinking, you know, um, about ways to evolve and um, how we could, um, yeah, how do I put it? Um, we were sort of, you yeah, know, we already thinking about how to build on top onto what we already had and so we you know just trying to up our game a bit and so the focus became a bit more on well you know Yaz has got great mic schools um you know I'm a bit more behind the scenes you know um yeah I, I love to sort of just sit behind my behind my equipment and do my thing and not yeah. have to really talk to anyone and so um you know, so we started focusing on that element, like you know, uh, bringing in the mic a bit more um, into our performances. And um, but
0: so musically, in terms of the tunes you play, you're quite quite similar in your taste, or is there like because I was thinking that as well? Like, or are you coming at it with two different angles that come together?
1: We're, yeah, we we complement complement each other in the way that you know we've got very similar tastes in roots reggae i think you know that's what when we first met 2001 that's that was the key thing that kind of i guess where we just we just clicked instantly you know um we had very similar tastes in modern roots reggae um sorry go on (laughs) yeah we play and we play across the board you know um uh, rock steady you know dance hall but yeah very similar tastes but also independently of each other we both had um you know yes comes from a family of um you know p- um jazz lovers so and you know equally i've got a different background i come from um before i started collecting reggae i was heavily into collecting house techno drum and bass yeah and pop, so yes yeah, so
0: good good lower north island approach to <laughs> to, to to dance music here <laughs> um
1: and, yeah. and i did you know over the years i've really appreciated that about Yaz as well you know that um we you know have um like our sound is rooted in you know reggae and and roots reggae but um you know we're not those kind of people that just play reggae like no we are. i
0: think it's like you know and again each to their own it's like the people like back in the day, um, who were like, so it's hip hop or die or it's drum and bass or die. I think that's really limiting. And I've always kind of thought that is really limiting. And I also think, and I'm totally preaching to the choir here, that um, even if you do play a whole night or a whole session of Roots Revive, it comes through that you kind of listen to a whole lot of other stuff as well. Incidentally, that era... Um, of when we're buying lots of records off Jesse, of you do call, like, I guess that Modern Roots is called Roots Revive, right? That kind of style, that sound. Um, Whatever, like, around that era, there was a lot of stuff that was right up my alley, like the best of the Sizzler stuff, the Kaplan stuff, Raj Shiloh, like...
1: Exterminator. Right, (laughs) so so this is
0: me probably woefully out of touch. Like, has that kind of sound changed or is it just something that endures? Like, people keep making that stuff and it keeps sounding fresh.
1: Yeah, to me, those sounds that you're talking about, you know, they're classic, like, that, yeah. we'll never die, I think. But, you know. But at the time, like, they
0: were new. That's <laughs> <laughs> how old we are now.
1: Um, yeah, and, like, yeah, definitely the sound's always changing and evolving, you know, um, especially with dance hall and new artists coming up. But I was yeah. into
0: really disgusting, grimy stuff as well, like just really kind of hard dance hall rhythms with, like, just like you know a didn't like <laughs> just yeah I jesse was always like you would buy such a weird range of stuff and it's kind of coming back to what you're saying it's like if it sounds good i'll kind of listen to it. it might not be the best putting it together in a in a set later on but um and then another thing you you, you mentioned when you said i just like kind of sitting back turning the mic up and that sort of stuff that the whole other thing that gets introduced when you run a sound system and you'll know this because you've done it and i haven't but I started going to the Lion Rockers gig, he, gigs here, and they've actually talked about this, so I'm not speaking out of turn. Like, there's the DJing, there's the MCing, da 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 but then there's actually, like, the operating, like, actually learning how to run all those racks and stuff. And for quite a while, yeah. like, I'd really loved going to the Lion Rockers gigs, but they were pretty hairy. It was kind of almost like they were trying to keep the sound system on the runway. How have you gone with that? Like, like actually, is operating a thing that's quite difficult to, to learn, like... While oh, you're playing, yeah, oh, yeah. you
1: know that de- definitely. I've got yeah, no comments and saying I am, you know, still learning. Like there is so much to learn, and I've had the best teacher, you know, and my husband. Yeah. Um and you know, I think it's our passion for music. Um, you know, well, I think we're yeah, we're sort of like those crazy people, like <laughs> um, where it's. It's kind of a good and a bad thing because we we egg each other on, you know there's always no equipment coming into the house and um but certainly, for me, you haven't um, set guess.
0: them up against each other, have you in the backyard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <you know>, well,
0: <laughs> how are your neighbors? What are your neighbors like? Do they like music?
1: Uh, our neighbors are great, great um, okay
0: so you've been able to test it you've been able to like. Like, you, what would you say with a car? You've been able to open it up on the motorway a few times in the backyard? Yeah, yeah.
1: But we, we try to, you know, we'll normally um, get a, you know, ask a friend to, you know, take it into a warehouse or something yeah. so we can really push it properly. But um, what was your question? Yeah, yeah, sorry,
0: that's classic me. I just took you off track. <laughs> I was saying I was saying that I have learned since sound systems have become – the actual physical manifestations of them become big in Australasia. I have learned by going to Lion Rockers that operating is a whole thing to learn, and you basically yeah, said, yeah. "Yes, it is." It's learning how to like um, you know run the boxes and and yeah. EQs and amps and all of that stuff.
1: And uh, you know, your are only as um, you know like you can have the best equipment, but um, it comes down to the person operating it all. You know, you ha- like you got to know what you're doing. So. Um,
0: and you yeah. got to know what you're doing, dependent on the space and all sorts of things, right? It's kind of like engineering a band, eh? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what is it? What, what have you built, Fee? Like, what? How, like, what is? What is the equipment put together? How? What, how much sound does it put out?
1: So, yes. Yeah, so, well, cu- my boxes are custom designed. Um, you can't get the plans anywhere. So,
0: so you uh, you design them? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so it was quite a long process. Pro- probably spent the first two years, um, you know, sort of sourcing, well, designing, reading up on the internet. um, So you had to
0: read about, like, I'm guessing... um, Forums and... No, but I'm saying, like, it would be about um, the right angles and stuff for acoustics and that sort of stuff. There's probably a word for this that I'm not drawing. What is it, you know, like, it's kind of spatial design for, 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 for sound waves, isn't it? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and also talking to the right people as well you know because yeah. um, you know like I was saying before I'm like right at the beginning like you know I I'm still at the very early stages of learning so for me it's kind of probably I might have started a, a different way around to maybe other people who have a lot of knowledge so um, I'm you know really good with my hands and you um, more hands-on person and I really – I actually struggle to – you know, I've got pages of stuff like that I've read through probably maybe three times and there's a lot of stuff that still goes over my head. It's just
0: jargon. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, um, so for me it was about a lot of reading but more asking questions and thinking about what I actually wanted from a sound system and, okay, how do I get that sound, you know? Um, So So as an
0: example, your one is – Acoustically designed different to Adrian's in terms of the sound that it outputs. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so my rig is a a four-scoop stick run five ways um, all through QSC amplification. Um, I've got the 18-inch scoops and um, my kicks are 15-inch reflex boxes. I've got 12-inch... Now you're going over
0: my head with the gear (laughs) names. Is it stuff ordered from... I looked at some sound system sites. I looked at those guys who make custom amps. Is it that sort of stuff like... Not not the building of the actual the, the the carpentry of the boxes, but once the electronic componentry is added, is it a lot of that um, stuff made by custom sound system people, or like where did you get um, the preamps and all that sort of stuff from?
1: Yeah, well, I, I did get some stuff second hand, but um, luckily for me, Adrian works um, for a audio company, so a lot of my amps came through through them. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, and with the speakers, um, I've um, I got it's eighteen mil birch um, Scandinavian plywood. So, ordered massive sheets of that, you know, cut it up and then, um,
0: yeah. And did you just do all that? Because you said you could with your hands. I, 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 I had no, no idea putting two and two together now. Because you grew up with a carpenter, right? So you actually kind of knew how to use a. Well, it's my dad is
1: a carpenter Yeah. So I, I think it's more, it's, you know, again, it's um – um like when I drew the build took a good three years, you know. That's one amazing, year, man. Yeah. One, so, yeah, one year, so the last year, solid building. Um, and it wasn't, you know, pretty. It was, um, there were a lot of the times I was using tools that I've never used before. So, again, it was a very slow and pretty painstaking process, to be honest. You know, like you certainly, um, yeah, I think things.
0: I remember the photo of you with varnish in your hair and it's like, was it you? <laughs>
1: It's yeah, like
0: a, Yeah. Well, look, you got <laughs> um, you still got all your fingers, etc. So, uh, well, did, yes, did yes help? <laughs> uh, this is such like a basic question. Did yes help? Uh, well, <laughs> you didn't say yes straight away. She's going to listen to this. She just waited until it was oh. ready. <laughs>
1: That's all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you know, it was. She would have come over
0: the, with some great food. <laughs> you
1: know. d- she's definitely uh, she was definitely around during the process, but for yeah. the most part, you know, it was my my sort of desire and passion to to build it. And you know, um, oh sure, what, I'm kidding. What we're kind of uh, doing from from there on, um, we're kind. You know, uh, we're. Doing things like we have
0: always done together, and um, so aside it, from like, aside from like, um, saying that it, some of the stuff went over your head, which totally makes sense because you like people do. Again, I might not, not get the field right, but kind of acoustic engineering courses and stuff to to understand that sort of stuff. You must have like learnt so much along the way, right?
1: Yeah, about uh, a whole I mean, bunch
0: of stuff that's kind of transferable to other things now as well
1: yeah absolutely I think from I still feel like you know i 've got such a long way to go that i 've only you know learnt you know a tiny bit to be honest um, but you 've built
0: it that 's the thing it 's like it 's complete it 's about learning how to again how to run it now right
1: yeah that's yeah it does it definitely feels like i 've got to a point where i 've got my head around some things and I'm like okay now it's about for me just getting the boxes out as, you know and trying to do um some gigs because for me it's sort of learning on the go you can't really just sit in your garage and practice and you know it's about getting out and you know um learning what I can and can't do
0: <laughs> and so when was the first time like and I know again lockdown coronavirus wouldn't have made this as easier well actually arguably you wouldn't have Bought it anyway. Don't ever think this, Lewis. What the main point is when did you first get it out in front of um, a bunch of people and go, Wow, this is the first time we've kind of played it to a crowd? What was the first event?
1: Yeah, so that was earlier this year actually. We launched the sound in April, yeah, um, and we launched it out of Ford Ever. So that's an event that um, we put on with well, my husband Adrian, um, yeah. and so it, there were three sounds in the venue me, uh, Adrian's Wall, Housewife's Choice, and Goodies Hi Fi. Um, so that was a pretty significant um, yeah, day for us launching the sound system. Um, and, you know, the vibes were nuts. it's We sold out, and, wow. uh, you know, everyone came out of the woodworks for that one.
0: Indoors or outdoors?
1: Uh, uh, there was indoor nighttime a, thing. It, it was an indoor warehouse yep. um, party, but there were, you know, there was outdoor space as well, cool. so which was great, and it yeah, it really was like a festival vibe. You know, everyone in that place was smiling ear to ear, um, and maybe you know, as a result of being locked down for so long. Yeah, yeah,
0: of- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have turned up with a transistor radio, man. You have to build that. <laughs>
1: But I think every single person in that place, it felt like they yeah. came and shook my hand personally. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's awesome, and- <laughs> man. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so that was a great day. So, And since then we haven't really – we've had, um, you know, lots of things on the cards, but it's just a matter of waiting till we can get back out again. Um, yeah. What
0: we, so now from, like, the – you know that's what it's all about to like the kind of practical side of it like what's it like moving the thing around like have you had to buy a vehicle and and all of that to to move it
1: yeah no definitely by the way Um, folks
0: sorry just before you go on about this um hmm. folks the photo i'm going to put up of you is one i found of you in front of what you've built so by the time people are listening to this that's the that's the system yeah (laughs) so moving that around moving the thing behind you around yeah how does that work
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I built single boxes, so, you know, with the idea that, you know, they'll be more like weights, that was definitely a huge consideration when I was building, you know, as a, as a female, um, and wanting to be self-sufficient, um, you know, wanting to do everything ourselves, um, had to really think about the design aspects, so, you know, and that's the reason we've got casters and, you know, I've built handles into it, um, so it's easy to move, um. Yeah, and some of the drivers these days, um, they've got, you know, neodymium makes it lighter. So that's another, you know, when I was choosing the drivers, that was another thing that came into play as well. Um yeah.
0: But so what does it pack into? Like, it's not like the back of a Honda Civics. So and what do you, like, it must be a...
1: Yeah, so well, <laughs> another good thing that came out of my redundancy at the end of last yeah. year um, was, you know, I got a payer. And so I used that money to buy a van to... A van. So it's like
0: a stand... If you pack it well, it'll fit into like a, a kind of standard van.
1: Uh, well, because we've got two sounds, we had to, you know, really do get the measuring right to make sure, because, you know, our, our plan is to go on the road with the boxes yeah. um, so eventually. So, um, Like kind know, of
0: around, even like going as far as a, around a lot of Australia?
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome. definitely interstate. So we really had to look hard and think about what vehicle uh, we would be able to fit. You know, because you're talking about not just two sound systems, but amp racks and everything yeah, else. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can't just pick those things up when you get somewhere. Like we need to take all our equipment, so um, it's a bit of a squeeze. But we we found um, actually
0: a Fiat. Um, what? It's, it's a, a Fiat. What? <laughs> I had a Punto. Um, it's not going to fit in a Punto. <laughs> It's a pretty large fan. Like, oh, oh, it's a big fan. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and I don't. You know. Sometimes I have um, listener questions, and um, just listen for the name here. Toby. Toby.
1: To- Toby, <laughs>
0: f- Toby from um, wherever, wherever in Auckland. Toby's from asks, yep. and he won't forgive me because I did. I, I reached out to him to ask this. <laughs> uh, to say what do you want to ask, Fee? And he said, um, "What preamps is she using?" <laughs> Toby, this is for you. <laughs>
1: See, that, that comes down to... Um, Toby not... runs a
0: sound system in Auckland, folks. So, yeah, this is getting into, like, real nerd weeds here. <laughs> Reggae nerd weeds. Yeah.
1: Tell him it's top secret information. Oh, <laughs> that's the
0: other thing with sound systems. You see, if they ever clash, tell, they want to know what a... preamps he's using. That's an advantage.
1: <laughs> tell him I bet he want, he'd love to know that. <laughs> there
0: we go. Hey, we, should probably, we should probably end there, but um because um, we kind of when you to podcast, as you know, you're kind of, like kind of on stage kind of performing but once we've um, decompressed from this conversation we should catch up again um off the podcast yeah yeah stay in oh, touch basically oh, is what good. i'm saying and yeah. um whenever this fucking virus ends um huh? if you're coming back through auckland look us up but it's lovely to see you fee so nice to
1: chat to you. I'm Lewis. probably
0: going to, um, I'm trying to get these regular again. I. It's quite a big, it's quite, it's quite, sometimes it's more, um, what's the word? It's. Sometimes this is easy to do. Other times you don't feel like kind of putting together a big long chat, listening to yourself and all of that. But I'm getting yeah, motivated yeah. again. Yeah. And I want to try and get out one a week for the, oh, rest wow. of the rest of the year because that'll take me up to an average of 25 a year since I started this.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah. So,
0: point of that is, um, I've got one to get out today, and then I'll probably put yours out um, next Wednesday. But I'll be in touch and let you know. Okay. All
1: right. Hopefully, there was stuff in
0: there. (laughs) Oh, it was totally. We did. We didn't miss a beat. All right. Um, Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. See See ya. ya.